0: Spider-Man, Spider-Man Just whatever a spider can Things are webbed in his eyes That's his keys to life Live together Here comes a spider-man
1: Welcome to the Next Issue Podcast We are, um I guess I need to change this because we were a bi-weekly But now we're going to be more regular Excuse the fire and ambulance and activity outside. I don't,
2: yeah, I don't know that we catch it much, but sure. okay, cool.
1: Um,
2: <laughs> so we're pretty <laughs> irregular show. Good, not that good.
1: Yet. <laughs> <laughs> we're pretty irregular show uh, out of Dallas. You're going to see us doing conventions. We did. Uh, there's a couple episodes from Free Comic Book Day we did last weekend. And uh, now we're going to add uh, book reviews. We just added one for Four Kids Walk into a Bank. So uh, check that out. That should be in our saved video files under Twitch or YouTube.
2: Yeah, youtube.com uh, slash next issue. Oh, do we have that yet? We don't have that yet. All right, we'll work on getting that for you guys. Yeah. But we'll share the link uh, on our Facebook page and uh, Twitter and stuff. So. so- Let's introduce ourselves. <laughs> Let's introduce ourselves. We'll start with you, Daniel. Yeah, Daniel. <laughs> uh, so I'm Daniel. Uh, uh, what you been av- reading, Daniel? Avid comic book reader, but I've been reading actually some pretty good stuff this week. Uh, the first thing I'll talk about real quick is Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man number six. I know you told me to go buy that. I haven't uh, bought it yet. Spider Bite. It's just called Spider Bite, and introduces a character called Spider Bite. Uh, it's 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 written by Tom Taylor. Here I have the. I actually prepared and actually got all the information.
1: Now, what would you say is the tone of this Spider book?
2: Um, so I haven't, I'm not caught up on Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man, but mm. when this came out, uh, one of the people I follow on Twitter, they're like, this is a really good single issue. And then Tom Taylor was like, thanks, mate. And, uh, <laughs> so I replied back, could I read this if I haven't caught up on the series because I was really interested, uh, and also so I could pick it up. Uh, that afternoon and he's like go ahead it's new reader friendly uh, so but if the rest of the book is like this um, then I think I'm I might start picking a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man because the last Spider-Man I read was Dan Slott which is a the tone is very different from what this is um, and let me just go over the credits real quick Tom Taylor's the writer Juan Cabal is the artist Nolan Woodard and Frederico Blee are the in colors, and Travis Lanham on letters Oh, and the cover is made by Andrew Robinson, who Ooh, great he's covers. been here. He's been here a few times in Dallas. I have met him. He's got he signed the cover for me, and I think I would definitely get a, a, a sketch cover uh, from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, the book the book is very good. It's one story in one issue. I don't think this will go anywhere else, uh, but it's really good. Uh, I really enjoyed it. It tugs at the heartstrings, um, but I mean it's Spider-Man, so he's known to do that. But I really recommend it. I recommended it to Clay. Um, so, yeah, if anybody goes out and get it, let me know what you think.
1: Yeah, did, did you guys read the Chip Zarski one I recommended last year? I think it was 310, 309, 3010. So
2: a lot of people were referencing that when they were talking about this. Oh, really? So okay. I haven't read it. Because it was
1: nominated for an Eisner. Yep, yep. Yeah, so I was wondering if it was in the same vein. Is that Amazing? No, it was um, – oh, wait a minute. Was it Amazing? Uh, I, think I it, don't know if it's 309, three hundred ten. Yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, uh, I think – I think Amazing was three hundred three ten. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we should talk a little about Eisner's a little bit later in the day. Uh, but, yeah, I've been reading that. Um, While well, you looked that up, uh, I also read John Wick, Volume 1. Oh. Uh, because Who the movie wrote comes that? Out, uh, Greg Pak. Okay, that's why I was... Greg Pak wrote it. Uh, Giovanni Valera and Matt Gaudio and Art. Uh, and this takes place before the first John Wick movie. It takes place in Texas. So, that was already two really cool things. And I just... Greg Pak is one of my favorite writers. I, I pretty much pick up any book that he's in, uh, that he's writing, I'll pick it up. I'll add it to my pull list. Pick it up without looking at the previews, without any like any context at all because wow. So I you really got the uh,
1: the the Atlas tie-in. So I got
2: the Atlas tie-in this week. We also got the Ronin Island number three. So it was a it was a big. Go. Oh, and uh, he's writing some of the Star Wars books as well. The one-shots. He wrote Boba Fett this week as well. Oh. So I got a lot of Greg Pak that I need to read this week. <laughs> Man, um,
1: that guy's getting to be a Jeff Lemire. Yeah,
2: yeah so, I mean... he. Mark Waite. Yeah. <laughs> what I like the most, I think, about Greg Pak is that he can take a story and... Uh, he makes the characters... It, it sounds like the characters, but he makes it his own. It's a... Uh, it doesn't feel like he's just looking, you know, doing something that has been done before. Uh, and But then he, you know... I think something that's very important to him is... Uh, bringing characters from uh, maybe more obscure characters or minority characters up to the forefront, um, like he did with Amadeus Cho. And, you know, he created Amadeus Cho for Hulk. Yeah. Oh. Um, and now we have this new Atlas group, which is, it consists of all Asian or Asian American characters or in superheroes. Um, so that's really interesting. Uh, well, aren't,
1: aren't they uh, protecting the that area? So it's all, yeah, the, all yeah, the heroes so from
2: that area? So uh, yeah, so I'm looking forward to read that. Uh, I haven't read that one per se because there's a lot of books, but yeah. But yeah, I think uh, but John Wick was was really good. Oh really? Um, he really captures the, especially when you hear it like read it in Keanu's voice in your head. Um, <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is uh, I know kung fu. You'll see some familiar characters, even though this takes place before uh, the first movie, in uh, Away from New York. So. But it was really good, and then the last thing I'll talk about real quick is Catwoman Volume One. Oh yeah, uh, by Joel Jones, Fernando Blanco, <laughs> and Laura, yeah. all red on colors. Yeah. Um, Joel Jones, I've read some of her other stuff. I read the, I think Lady Killers Volume One was yeah. hers, and I love the combination of her writing and art. I think uh, it it just she just really knows how to, uh, she just knows how to put a book together. Yeah. in the way that it'll feel fresh, hmm. uh, and all her characters like they look. The art is beautiful. Yeah, I, I, she's um, one of my favorites. Yeah. This takes place after issue uh, fifty of Batman with the uh, uh, Bruce and Selina wedding or not wedding, whatever may have happened there. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I won't tell you. You got to read the book to find out what happened. I so. mean, I knew they were
3: getting married because there was a lot of hubbub about it.
2: So yeah, and, and she goes somewhere else and she she's uh, trying to find something uh, of her of her past but then you know trouble comes looking for the cat all the time so all the time. it's really good it's a, it's a the whole arc is just uh, um, it was really interesting in the way that she kind of portrays Selena after we had been reading Tom King Selena it feels very similar but also it feels like she's kind of in control of everything that she's doing now um, she's trying to do things for herself so I appreciate that and then like I said the art is beautiful. Uh, there's I think the reason there's a second artist is because I think one or two of the issues are a little bit of fill in and some of the some of the either the middle parts or flashbacks and stuff like that mm. uh which I really appreciate I appreciate when a flashback is actually done by a different artist or in a different style yeah, so you can actually tell the tone. yeah it really it really like you don't have to have a little graphic that says back in the day or something like right, that right yeah yeah it's just the art tells you that what it's happening so but that yeah that's what I've been reading um what about you guys? Who are you and what you've been reading?
3: Okay, Uh, uh, I'm Josh, uh, Josh Rose, um, founder of the Dallas Comic Book Club and hanging out with these guys and tons of fun. Um, He's not the founder of
2: hanging out with us.
3: (laughs) No, that's true. I can't claim that um, as much as I'd like to. Uh, Let's see, if you've been hearing me on here before, I'm pretty much reading all the same stuff. I'm reading uh, The New Green Lantern, which I'm one issue behind on. I'm reading the final mini-series of League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which is really good. Um, I am reading Gideon Falls, which has also gotten really good in the yeah. second volume. We're discussing that. We're discussing that. Yeah. And then, um, and, and of course, I'm still reading Saga, but Saga's on an extended hiatus right now. Yeah. So I was going to bring up something that yeah. we didn't
1: talk about. So Gideon Falls has already been picked up. It has already been optioned. It has? As a show, yeah. Oh, good. And uh, because what's so, so weird, I think it got optioned by like uh, issue six. Really? And that book is such a slow burn. Yeah. I was like, how would you even like, I mean, the, the style of it is incredible, but the story only gets you so far.
3: Yeah. They're going to have to either do a lot of world building with side characters or they're going to. Pull a Game of Thrones and like catch up, catch to the up, current yeah. really quickly, and then have to push beyond. That, that's it, so.
1: that's what I'm worried about. Is like, are we going to start seeing these properties? Oh, bought that's a good point. Uh, yeah, so quickly and then become a Hollywood property where they write the ending before the actual author does. Yeah,
2: and maybe the maybe the book, even though that was only at six when it got picked up. I mean, you know, Lemire can um, he can leverage all the issues that he has ahead, or the scripts for the next issues and stuff like that. Sort of so like, like he did may with a, Walking Dead, and yeah, he may yeah. be able to present a more a larger story, even though only six issues are out of the comic because yeah. he knows where it's going, right? I, I
1: wonder if that's going to start becoming a thing. So imagine you buy a property that's not complete, and then you you either get to sell your ending to them, <laughs> or they say they don't want it,
3: right? Yeah, exactly. they, all they want is the premise. And so that makes me wonder if, like, how often our creator is going to build that into whatever the option is, right? Yeah. Like, like, no, 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 this is the ending I prepared for it. We need to do that, mm-hmm. you know? But, like, it, it just dawned on me. I mean, I, I think on a superficial level, you would think, well, this is crazy because it takes so much effort to make a TV show or a movie. But when you really compare it with comics, once you have the machinations of that filming going... You have all the actors there. You have the sets. You have the costumes. It can go pretty quick. Whereas in a comic, you have the artist. Like, all right, I got to work on the next issue. I mean, there's no, you know, there's no, there's no intrinsic base from which an artist can ramp up production, right? Right. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's really fascinating. Uh, and It has a very distinct style. It really
1: does. So I think that if the show doesn't have that, yeah. You are already
3: lost. I'm kind of curious if they're going to pull, I, I mean, again, I know we often refer to Twin Peaks when you talk about yeah. Gideon Falls, but one of the things Twin Peaks did so well was it had a distinct style, but it brought in directors who could work that style. Right. right? Um, it wasn't like one creator making the show with a, with a unique style, even though we think of Lynch and Frost with that. Um, they would bring in these, you know, kind of um, secondary directors to do it, but they still stuck with that style. So if the show can nail the style, then, yeah, that might that might work. That, that, that,
1: yeah, that's going to showrunner-driven. Yeah. Whoever's yeah. the showrunner on that, good luck.
3: Has, has any other of Lemire's books been optioned? I think so. I think uh, Sweet Tooth has.
1: Oh, okay. Um, but no, no, I'll put in some research on that one. Yeah. I also uh, did look up the Chip Zarsky ep- er, uh, issue, and that is Peter Parker's Spectacular Spider-Man 310. Ah. Uh, is nominated for Best Single Issue One-Shot. Uh, y'all want to hear the others? Sure. sure. Uh, Beneath the Dead Oak Tree by Emily Carroll from Shortbox. Uh, Black Hammer. Uh, Tooth. L- <laughs> Chathoo Louise by Jeff Lemire and Emmy <laughs> <laughs> Lennox from Dark Horse. C- Cthul- Louise, That's Cthul- funny. Louise. Cthulhuise. Uh, no Better Words by Carolyn Nowak from Silver Sprocket. Ah, nice. And the last one is The Terrible Elizabeth Dum Against the Devil in Suits. Okay, I read that horribly. <laughs> by <laughs> Abramson, translated by James Robinson from IHQ Studio Image.
2: Welcome back to Clay Learns How to Read <laughs> Live. <laughs> da,
1: da, da, da,
2: today, Junior.
1: Okay, we, do you want to oh. hear some other ones? Oh, yeah. All right. uh, Good. Just well, before, before we go to I the Eisners real quick.
2: Oh, I haven't even done my first. <laughs> <laughs> Josh. Yes. Um, does Green Lantern 6 wrap up the first kind of arc of the story? Or is it, does it, uh, so I know most of these books are now writing kind of for the trade, but I don't know that like Graham Morrison may not care no, about that. Morrison definitely, there is
3: an initial story arc that gets wrapped up, and then I think we're into the second or third issue yeah, of what know, feels
2: like the newest arc. Because I'm at four, and I mean, that felt like, I don't know, it was going to take a little while to get to a resolution still. N- no, no, no. That's the
3: amazing thing about Green Lantern is you'll open an issue, and it just, stuff happens, and suddenly you're like,
1: it just starts.
3: Yeah, like, it just and and that's kind of my complaint about it is it, it is fun. Um, it's pretty f- dense. It's it's for a comic. It's dense, but it's it's not dense in that traditional Morrison a la Doom Patrol way, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, to me, it feels dense in the sense of he's. He's relying on a lot of world building without giving you the context. So, the, so, so for me, reading it, there, I don't know much about Green Lantern history. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of just kind of stopping and being like, you know, and sometimes I ask you guys like, what the hell did this mean, yeah. you know? And also just in terms of narrative pace, something will just happen in one panel, and you're like, what, what is that, oh, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, I, its pros are, it feels a lot like reading 2000 AD in the DC universe, I love that cons are particularly i feel like with this newest story that's going um no spoilers but the new story that's going it feels a little obvious and so i'm i'm either waiting for there to be some sort of surprise hiccup that occurs when you say or obvious
1: in a grant morrison book
3: yeah, and, and, I go, and I go, is there like a
1: talking whale? No, no, no. no. And that's it, there's it, certain things he always yeah. puts in. No,
3: that's kind of what surprised me. The, the central nugget of the story in the mm-hmm. second arc with Hal feels very obvious. It, it is, it is basically, you know, the, the the whole premise of the book is the Lantern Corps of the Space Police. Yeah. So what Morrison is playing with are the tropes of police drama. And the current one is a stakeout. No, I'm sorry, not stakeout. It's an undercover cop story, right? But it just feels very obvious that it's obvious that he's undercover. The the central tension there, where you don't know if the good cop is being bad or good, you kind of know. I mean, it just it. I don't know. It just it, it, it feels it, it feels very rote to me.
2: So. With Hal Jordan, you never know.
3: Well, and that's the thing. I mean, and they even bring up, I think, Parallax at something yeah, as well. No, yeah, so, well, they're yeah. never going to let that. No, he, they're he's not. He's never going to live not. that down.
2: Um, I remember when you were Parallax and you killed a whole city?
3: <laughs> I am. Uh, one last thing I'm reading that is taking forever, uh, but it's super, I'm not going to say it's, I mean, it's fine. It's just, it's interesting. It's this book called The Explorer's Guild. Volume 1, A Passage to Shambhala. Mm-hmm. And I saw it in the, I mean, it looks like a novel. So I saw it in the uh, fantasy sci-fi section of a bookstore, and I picked it up. It, it is, in, uh it's by John Baird, Rick Ross, and Kevin Costner. Yes, that Kevin Costner.
2: What about that Rick Ross? I don't know. Who's that, <laughs> who's, who's that oh, Rick Ross? I right. doubt it. I don't know, maybe. <laughs>
3: so it is this book that is a hybrid between Narrative passages. The, the the whole book is a pastiche of kind of late 19th century uh, colonial uh, adventure novels, right? right? So parts of it that are written like a novel are written in a very dense 19th century style. Like, that is the hardest thing for me to get through, even though I read tons of books. Like, it's very hard to process. But it is interspersed, and actually, as the book progresses, more and more of the book is a, a graphic novel, mm. and beautifully drawn, and it just, it takes all these kind of late 19th century sort of colonial tropes of adventure books and mystery societies and things, and it just kind of runs with it. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a fascinating book. It is, I, I kind of have, haven't, have it's sitting on my, my, my nightstand. How long is it? It's like... I can tell you. It's like 770 pages. Yeah. I mean, it is... It is a. It's kind of a slog, and I'm about halfway through it
0: right now. Uh,
2: for the audio listeners, our eyes just went. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, super wide. Yeah, Clay almost fell back in his chair because that <laughs> is an immense amount yeah. of the reading. Seven hundred
3: seventy pages. Yeah, it wow. is. It is a dense, dense book. I'm enjoying it, but it's the kind of book you just kind of have to take a break from. I just, I can't because I'll like, <laughs> and I keep thinking back to. Uh, to you Daniel at the Comba club cuz I'll like I'll read these great passages that are kind of graphic novel format and then I'll get and then you will turn the page and there will be this dense text and I'm always like oh fuck you know and then I'm just like you know have to which I usually don't do in books but it's it's partly the tone shifts so much yeah. but but it's not arbitrary there's a there's a conceit in the book where one of the main characters is reading the diary of his brother, and so the the implication is when he's reading the diary portions that kind of talk about this sub 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 story. Okay. That's when it goes to text. Okay, um, and 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 they do some cool stuff. There's a sequence in the book early on where this character is just in his in his room reading the diary and he keeps getting interrupted by someone and so the bottom of the page is him reading and you see the character talking to him and then the top of the page is the text so it's like you have the same experience he has where you're like you're trying to read what's happening and then you keep getting interrupted by these comic panels so it's it's, it's, it's thoughtful in the way that it sort of structures it so I tried to figure out 700 pages,
1: and so I pulled up the new Jason Aaron omnibus. Okay, <laughs> of his right. run on Thor yeah. just just
3: volume one. Yeah, is two only 272 pages. Okay, <laughs> well I can. I mean I can tell you the uh, a, a comic book I've read that's longer is the complete Bone. Which I think oh, comes yeah. out at like eight hundred something pages. Yeah, but I guess I guess with
1: bone, I always look at it as like it's it's lighter because yeah. it's you know. It's, yeah, yeah. No, this is definitely because bones
2: are hollow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, all right. The,
1: yeah, yeah. Play. Thor, Thor, uh, God of Thunder, Volume one, 11 issues, two hundred seventy-two pages. Wow, only two hundred is amazing. Go read it. Yes. I yes, I'm actually. I, I saw that first volume come out, and, and it's the paperback. Yeah, I want to get hardback. I'm going to probably get his whole run. They're collecting. It's seven years. Wow.
2: The way the way Jason Aaron has redefined who Thor is. Yeah. Uh, because we've had some great Thor runs too, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Wow. Simonson. Well, now and, he's past Simonson and, and Straczynski. Like, yeah, now he's written more Thor than oh, God, anyone. That's, that's crazy, and now he's taking on Conan. I think. Yeah, oh, he is running. Yeah, Conan. he is running Conan. Well,
1: that, and that's a, when we when we were at the uh, um, Zeus uh, yeah. panel. Um, oh my God, who was it? The uh, Phil Phil Jimenez goes. What are you guys excited about? Right. And I said Jason Aaron, because Jason Aaron's doing Conan. But he's doing all this other stuff, but Conan seems to be something that he's loved forever. Because uh, he, he goes, well, I have my research material, and he just showed all the
0: books. And <laughs> he had, like,
1: the stack of books that you could tell have been read and reread and uh, reread. It. So, uh, and, I, and I've been picking them up, and, and it's great because he's putting together a 12-issue story that uh, you can read individually or all, all at once uh, because it's about um, a witch so she's involved in the stories, but you can read them individually. Oh, cool! Okay. Um, and then he's doing, you know, realms, which I'm reading, and I, I got Adrian to start reading. Uh, <laughs> I'm definitely reading one. You're of on board realms. too. I, you know, and that, and, and here's 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 what I've discovered. I badmouthed event books. I, I don't like them, but I like Jason Aaron, and he's so involved in all of these
2: and it's fun. I, mean, I
1: like the art and and I and it's going to come down to who the person is that's doing it now.
2: He's been he's been writing War of the Realms really since that first God of Thunder. Like it's all been leading up to the War of the Realms because in volume 3 I think that's where you get introduced to Malachite. Yeah, and everything all his machinations that he's, you know, trying to do all this stuff. Uh, and that's kind of been an ongoing threat in all the Thor books since then. So, uh, so do you guys feel like this is going to be the new model
3: for event books? Because that sounds a lot like uh, Secret Wars. I hope so. Where you know that was really, I mean, the the Hickman's, the, Hickman's yeah, run on the, Avengers. The yeah. the origin of that was really his run on FF. Right, the idea of like the multiple uh, reads and you know yeah. kind of pulling all that out. So I wonder if that's going to be the the new model, like creator-driven, leading up to a very, like a planned. Oh, sorry. A, a planned for event.
0: Well, yeah. You know.
2: I think some of the things that have made some of the great runs successful, and I'll use X-Men as an example. Chris Claremont was in charge of the X-Men for what two decades almost. Oh, it mm-hmm. was like yeah, it
3: was over 20 years.
2: So obviously, I don't think that'll ever. I don't think that'll ever happen again. So, but,
1: so you don't think anyone will ever break
3: his run?
2: No, I really
3: doubt it. I mean, challenge accepted.
1: But <laughs> you're gonna
2: start writing, What are you gonna write, X-Men? I'm, my fan fiction,
3: fan fi- X-Men fanfic. <laughs> you are already, and you're like what, twenty-one, twenty-two?
0: Hey,
1: you know they've got kids. It's the third generation of mutants. The, the only difference in mine is they don't—they aren't constantly wiped out all the time. <laughs> but uh... yeah,
2: <laughs> well, well, that's not fun. I want to see everyone die over and over again. But then bring them back, see-
1: please. Bring them back. <laughs> that's not like going. Oh yeah, do you enjoy dinosaurs? Let's go see Jurassic World. Oh, they're all dying and on fire. Oh, well, that's yeah.
0: That's but not are fine. they? Yeah. yeah. But this are is a they? Kids movie? Yeah. Um,
2: but yeah, I think I think you know that's that's one of the things I love about Scott Snyder's run on Batman, because it's kind of like it, it's very similar to Hickman's Avengers, right? He started writing just on the Batman book, and then there was peripheral Batman books that he was overseeing and then it all kind of led up to the DC metal and now he's in and he's in the Justice League book so it's still all there's a true line where you can just follow creators now yeah as opposed to well I'm always picking up the batman book but I mean I always pick up the batman book but <laughs> but you can just pick a creator and you just follow them to whatever book they hop in because you know that they actually have kind of a continuity there mm.
1: so so here's my question to that. How do you support a character you want to see in a book when the book is shit?
2: Yeah.
3: Like <laughs> like it has a creator on it you don't care for? All right. I have two books that
1: I've bought because I love the character and the stories were so bad that it's like I just don't even – Yeah. But you want to support? You want to see more books?
3: I mean, I think that's the gamble with. The, I mean, that's the that's the downside you, to the approach, yeah, yeah, right? And if, is, and if
1: you support that, does yeah. it, do they go? Oh well, everyone likes when he's writing this oh, book. That's
3: a good point. You yeah, know. yeah. I or think, do
1: you? Are you? Do you become that fan that? that, that dear editor, <laughs> man, thing would never talk. Why would you do this? You know that kind of stuff. Dear
3: Mr. President, there are too many <laughs> states. Please get rid of three of them. <laughs> uh,
1: this <laughs> is very wrong and I am not a fan I, 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 I become that guy and I, I don't want to be that but I do want to support great books and and, and yeah. it seems like you you do yeah. have to follow that trend
3: well and you know I, I again I think I you know I, as you can tell by the things I'm reading I'm not fully immersed in every new storyline that comes out but it seems to me that with this creator driven approach which again sounds really great, I feel like, and if I'm wrong about this, please correct me, I feel like there's not as many crossover single-moment issues, single-issue moments, you know, where back in the 80s and 90s, be like, you know, in this issue of Wolverine, there's Spider-Man, you know, and you're like, and, and I, I think what that did is it gave other creators a chance to write a character they weren't writing because they weren't part of that universe. Mm-hmm. Right. And that would be a way to kind of get fan involvement, saying, oh, I really love the way that this creator handled Moon Knight in that one issue of Daredevil, right? Um, is that happening as much anymore?
2: No. I, I, and I, I'm, It's funny you bring that up. I was listening to uh, another comic podcast uh, called I Read Comic Books, and they had a book of the month where they where we read uh, Graham Morrison's Animal Man. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, and book. I think overall everyone enjoyed the book, but there were two issues that were tied into the invasion Storyline. Uh, Storyline, which felt very jarring, especially to anybody that... If you're not familiar with Animal Man or if you weren't reading Invasion at the time, like, yeah. you're going to be kind of lost. Even though it's Graham Morrison writing it, like, he's outlandish, but that's just kind of like a really jarring switch.
1: Such a weird idea is to cross into a Vertigo book. Well, I guess it wasn't Vertigo then. it was not ver- Yeah, yeah. It wasn't Vertigo yet. Animal Man was until after
2: Morrison. It was after. It was Jamie Delano. Oh, that's Sorry, an interesting yeah. idea, right? And I think... Because, like I said, I think a lot of the comic books are now writing for the trade. They're being a lot more careful about how, if we're going to have a crossover, it needs to be long enough that we could put a trade. like So, like, right. uh, Flash and Batman just had a crossover recently for uh, for the price, which is a, a tie-in story to the Heroes in Crisis stuff. Uh, so they made sure to have enough books where they can skip from skip, take those two Batman or three Batman issues, I think it was three each, um, you take those three Batman issues. You take those three Flash issues. You put those together in one trade, mm. and then you just keep putting out the Batman volumes. However, you know, without those issues because you don't need them, they're already in this other trade. Yeah, which it wouldn't make sense to read on their own, anyways, right? Because they're part of a larger story. So I think they're very conscious about that and now. Um, now, is that is that a better experience for the reader? Uh, I don't know because it does hit the wallet more, right? I had to yeah. buy. I don't. I'm not buying the Flash Weekly, but I had to buy you know some flashbooks because I wanted to know where the story was going right yeah Uh, so it's just gonna
0: uh,
2: especially because there's so much content now like you really have to pick your battles yeah Yeah. you know you can't leave the comic shop I mean you can but then you'll go into debt uh, with, by buying $40 of comics every week or something like that. Okay, but trim out your variant covers. Look, yeah. Clay, the variants yeah. come from a different budget, all right? <laughs> Those are on a different credit card. That one has no interest for a while. So
3: I just like to imagine you you have this bank statement. It's just titled Variant Budget, you know? So,
2: so I will say, because I am an accountant, I will put out all my expenses out in Excel sheet, and then label everything as comic. So there's an entertainment budget, but then there's a comic budget. Oh. I love it. That's what was? Awesome. Oh, oh, okay. No, can, we, we don't can, want to talk can, about it. no Can we <laughs> bring in your?
1: I want to audit you and bring in your receipts for last year. So I think you should have your ta- tax paperwork still.
2: The the coolest part is that if you I've, I keep my pull list on a League of Comic Book Geeks oh uh, website. It. And they give you like a breakdown of like, well, you you're pulling this many issues this week. Here's about how much it's gonna cost, <laughs> and then it even lets you include like, do you get any discounts at your shop or anything like that? Yeah. Um. So at the shops I go to, I get ten percent and twenty percent. Yeah. Um, this is um, so, pretty you know, normal, yeah. Uh, so it's it you know it, it helps a little because you pretty much get like a free book, you know, after you buy so many. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I, it's really interesting that the events going this way, and but I like it. I like it. I like that you don't. You really don't have to read the tines. Yeah. Um. It kind of sucks when a tie kind of ruins the momentum that a series has going. Yep. Yeah. Um, and it just sounds more
3: organic than the yeah. kind of editor-driven or you know even like corporate-driven event yeah. like this. Bring everyone together for this arbitrary reason. If right. if if a creator has been setting it up since their start of the run on Batman or the mm-hmm. start of the run on some you know on some other title, that that feels much more. Again, organic, but also the reader is more invested in it. You
1: know? Yeah, yeah. So. Because like, if I'm reading Thor, which you know obviously has had a great run and and it leads to this, it makes more sense than uh, like what we got with the original Secret Wars. Yeah. You, you had an issue that came out, and let's take Spider-Man because it was the easiest one mm-hmm. to do, where he has a new costume, and you're like, what happened? And everyone kind of had this time jump in their storyline, and so it was kind of like, what happened? Yeah. And so of course you it made you go gotta read this book so right. I can see what happened to everyone. Right. Um, and which is a nice sales pitch, but when it when it flows from a book you're reading and already and enjoying yeah and, and it's just gonna add more teams to it that are great, good creative teams. I mean, you know, Greg Pack uh, alone uh, who's doing I think he's doing a, a Patreon to for comic book writers. Oh he is? Yeah, yeah. I may have looked that up uh, oh, that's cool, uh, I, yeah, I, I think so. We'll. we'll,
2: we'll
1: oh. I was kind of excited about that when I saw that online me too,
2: and I. Th- I think even if you don't want to be a comic book writer, I think I really enjoy looking at the process of comic book making, uh, because it really gives you an appreciation for like how so many moving pieces can put out a book on a you know weekly or bi-monthly. Yeah. Especially when they go bi-monthly now, week- or weekly, uh, you read. There's a lot of things that could go wrong, and they can't. They go wrong right? When a book gets delayed. Well, and and that was so. I guess maybe was it 3 years ago now?
3: Um I curated a show up in Denton that was about the comic book process. Oh wow, 3 years? I think so. Oh man. And and the thing that really got me when I was putting that show together is exactly what you said Daniel, not just the ability to kind of coordinate all those creators to put a book out on schedule. But then think about how they did that before the internet. Oh, yeah. you know wow. when I mean when they had like couriers like messaging around art. town, art, and I mean, nuts stuff. I mean, and and you can read writers or, or, or read interviews with writers and artists working in the late '80s who, you know, they never outright say it, but just the impact the fax machine had on them. Right when Morrison working over in Scotland uh could fax an artist the script and it's saving all this time you know but versus... how did
2: he how did he send them the lsd to go along with it though <laughs> <No. laughs> you uh, yeah, it's it's it's, it's, oh, it's printed on the paper stamp. you lick it yeah it's, yeah it's instructions on how to get to get it in the us <laughs> right, right here's it's, my dealer over there there you go it's very shamanic
3: he just he just faxed instructions um so uh, we just kidding.
2: We don't condone drug use here. Yeah, no, not at all. We're, I um, do.
3: <laughs> Did you I- I introduce yourself? No, no, I'm going to say We're only 30,
1: 30 minutes in like yeah. now. <laughs> hey, now, uh, my name's Clay Harrison. I do nothing. Um, <laughs> That's pretty much it. So, not true. <laughs> uh, I, I endorse drug use. Um, <laughs> Boy, this
3: is getting the explicit tag like nothing.
1: <laughs> I uh, I've been reading this. I I, I got the uh, Endgame magazine from uh, the Alamo Draft House, and and again follow you know the writers you like, and that has some of the best uh, cinema writers uh, from the internet. I'm a big fan of Russ Fisher. He's somebody I've followed for a long time, um, and they have all the Mondo posters from the oh, man, from awesome. uh, the entire run of uh, Marvel's uh, movies. Great, just kind of uh, pieces on it. If you just want to dig deeper, I really love doing that kind of nerdy stuff. I miss, uh, you know, growing up. I had Starlog, I had uh, Fangoria, all those magazines where you could go consume stuff all the time. And now with the internet, um, you
3: just get a lot of
1: crap. <laughs> it just it, there's a lot of clickbait and stuff. And these are people I really like, and I love the way that the uh, Draft House uh, puts those together. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it's not just for in-game. If you, if, uh, any of the other films are, are pretty great, but this is the one I really wanted to dig into. I really wish I'd pick that up. Is it sold out? No, no. Oh, okay. I got, I got this one at my third screening. Ah. <laughs> So I, I got to go see it with my... Twist uh, the knife, man. I got to go see it with my stepson. Oh, and,
2: nice. Uh, and That's so, awesome. uh,
1: you know, I raised him since he was four, and he's always been around comics. So he's super excited. He does a comic book club at his school. Awesome. And uh, and so <laughs> we were talking, and I go, I just... And it's neat because, you know, see him growing up, there's stuff that he sees in comics he gets excited about. And so, like, there were moments in the movie I go, I want to just sit here and watch. I just want to see yeah. his reaction. And uh, I hope parents just sit there and do reaction videos with their kids because I just am like, you know, cause yeah. you get happy for them, and, yeah. and uh, and then after the because I, as soon as Cap welds uh the hammer, oh, I'm that. just like, yeah, and he's just like, and I was like, I wanted more excitement. I go, uh, I go, you know, I, I so I asked him, you know, what are your favorite moments of the movie, and and, and we got to that, and he goes, well, you know, Because I teach, and these kids have all seen these movies, I had to tell them, this is not going to happen. You're not going to spoil this. You are not going to say anything. I grew up with comics. There's tons of things I want to see. So hopefully, you know, some of the moments I saw in comics, like Cap getting, you know, Thor's hammer, uh, you know, and all the kids went. (gasps) And so he goes, I kind of knew it was going (laughs) to happen. Kids with the poker face. Nice. Uh, but he just really loved it, so it was really fun doing that. Uh, the one person I haven't got to see it with yet is my little brother, and he's up in Minnesota, so I keep texting him. He finally saw Into the Spider Verse, uh, but he hasn't seen Endgame yet. How old is he? Um,
2: Fifteen. Okay. You want since we're talking Endgame a little bit. You want to get Josh's reaction. He was, as we discussed last episode, Josh was dusted by Thanos last time. Oh, that's right, that's right. <laughs> so, so I'm,
3: I'm really glad that Cap uh, was able to return all those. Yeah, I'm uh, just gems. glad we got him back. Yeah,
2: because, you know who else was going to give us all these other all this insight yeah. that Josh brings to the show? As far as, I, I you wouldn't know, go that. Far. <laughs> what what what? what wait, who what, who else is going to read the wrong book? <laughs>
3: I did that one time, and by one time I mean every time. Um, so
2: <laughs> one time for every time. <laughs> he, 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 he's
1: Ryan in the office, and we're all chanting "Fire guy." <laughs> he's like,
2: <laughs> so well, um, and you know, like I said, spoilers pretty much for a, a friend Game again. But yeah, yeah, Josh, what do you think? What do you yeah? Did you think? So um, well, so, all right, so it's, so it's I guess set it up. Who 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 did you watch the movie? Yeah, with? yeah, yeah. Uh, well, Where would
3: you watch it and stuff like that? So Watt? to build off of what what Clay had said, so I you know it's a tradition that typically I take my daughter who's twelve to go see these movies, and she hasn't seen all of them, and 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 I want you to keep that at the back of your brain as as <laughs> as, I, as I proceed. Um, but this time, you know, I I asked my wife. My wife is great. She's not a super big comic fan. She's not a super big kind of pop culture fan, and so I told her I was like, I've got to go see this movie and I was buying tickets, and she was still at work, and I'm texting her, and I'm like, okay, I'm buying tickets for Friday afternoon. Do you want to go? And she was like, no, that's fine. You know, you guys go. And then she wrote back. She's like, no, I'll go ahead and see with you guys. And I'd already bought the tickets, so I'm like, oh, crap. All right, so I had to go in and, like, add one more and sort of stuff. But So she went, which I I was really happy with. But I realized the night before that she hadn't seen (laughs) Infinity War. (laughs) So we just we sat down, her, me, our daughter, and we watched Infinity War, and we got done. And for me, it was great because I really needed to revisit it before seeing Endgame, and we got done. And, <laughs> and I said, "Okay, great, we're all set up for you know." I, I, and I, I turned to her. I said, "You can see now we, why we've been so anxious to go see it." She's like, "Do I just sit through another three hours?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah." Oh, yeah. It has been confirmed this movie is like three hours long, you know? So she was a sport. And and so we went to go see it. So I'm with her and our daughter. And we get to the moment where they go back in time. And once I figure out what scenes are going to revisit, in my brain, I'm like, oh, shit. Every one of these is a movie they have not seen. They they had not seen Avengers. They had not seen Thor 2 because not many people have why would you (laughs) and then uh, they had not seen um, Uh, Guardians Guardians. no
2: they'd seen Guardians
3: Guardians, but there were were other I I guess I just I thought it was funny because there were so I guess
2: they also had to see Captain America to get the they did yeah they hadn't seen Winter
3: Soldier so it was just like all the little callbacks to previous movies were almost entirely from ones they had not seen and so when i looked over at them it was more like do i need to explain this to them and i was like i i I just made the decision i'm not going to be that guy like trying to explain everything to them during the movie. Like, Wait, do people can,
2: not love being mansplained by it?
3: <laughs> well, I try not to actually mansplain, but uh, I did, like, spread my legs out uh, cockily <laughs> as I did so. Um, Listen here. Yeah, yeah. Let me tell you about Captain America. Um, so, anyway, I thought I, I I was more bemused by that because I just I realized, oh, shit, if I'd known, I would have made a concerted effort to show them these movies. Rather than you know, you're
2: a teacher. I, I know. On. I, I know. wish you'd
3: put this marathon together and just in
1: the middle of it put like Fast and Furious, <laughs> Tokyo Drift in, and they just be like, "What? Is, what is, is? Who has the superpower? Yeah. Is you, that if, tracks?
2: If, <laughs> if there's any Fast and Furious movie you need to put in there, is uh, uh is it five? Five? Is that where the one where Diesel steps in the garage and just crumbles? Is that five? Is he 80 no, feet no, that's tall? That's, that's six, right? Yeah. yeah.
3: Is because he 80 feet tall? Okay, we. this is an inside joke because they start talking about Fast and Furious, which I've never seen any of, and I was like, I'm out. Because like,
2: that, that was the moment when when with Toretto and, uh, and Shaw are fighting in the garage, and then uh, Toretto just stomps on the garage, and it obviously has been hit by a missile or something, so it's more fragile. But it still collapses. I was like, wait, there's rebarb and stuff in there. You yeah, can't just wait a minute, wait a
1: minute hold on. So you think the part where where the, the garage is described <laughs> – but you haven't even talked about when <laughs> Vin Diesel flies across the highway bridge and catches oh, that Letty made... and then hits the car, not a scratch on, and rolls off just to save her. No, that
2: all made sense. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but then after the that. The physics of it. Well, yeah. the problem is that it's augmented by then the rock takes down a drone and yes. then riffs off the gaunt, the, the, gun. the galling gun and then starts Carries shooting.
1: it through the streets. And they start shoot shooting at sky. a helicopter.
3: Please, please tell me he takes on the drone by cocking his eyebrow. Like that's all he does. <laughs> <laughs> Am I right? Oh, please tell me I'm right. You're it gonna have pretty, to watch it yeah. to see. Damn it! All right.
2: The, the last thing I'm gonna point out from that movie, I think, is my favorite. My favorite scene is The Rock flexes out of his cast.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Just, Time to go a,
2: to work. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and that's the line. <laughs> oh,
2: my God. So, yeah, anybody that loves superhero oh. movies, go back and revisit the Fast and Furious franchise. Oh, wow. Yeah, the
1: fact that they're getting black Superman now, and then, they've had yeah. Superman.
2: Let, let us know what the moment you think is when those movies became superhero movies. Oh, shit. Because for me, it was that. But, but I think, obviously, Clay has a different opinion on when those became superhero movies. Because these guys used to steal DVD players from the back of trucks. I mean,
3: I just... <laughs> how is this film series not in 80s... This TV, is my
1: favorite tangent ever. An,
3: an 80s TV show style with talking cars. Like, if, if it were Night Rider, I would go see that movie. Tell me, is there one single talking car in this entire film series?
2: Oh... Uh, man. I'm out. The cars have very
1: high computers. They ca- can talk the, to them. The Cars Parachute...
3: Mm, okay,
1: but, but, but do they say Quippy? What about what so?
2: about a Lamborghini? Um. A Lamborghini that outruns a a nuclear submarine in the on ice? Oh, a
1: Dodge Charger that drives on ice, and and five cars that are fireproof to protect a person who is not. I, I know I, we're just rambling okay. about. That. Right, let's get back on the, okay, okay. All right, uh, we, we but this the summer, the Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah. Fast and Furious go watch, presents.
2: Go watch. We'll definitely, oh, we will definitely... We, we do need we will have an. We will have at least a minisode about Hobbs and Shaw. If,
3: if <laughs> do, our, do you guys want me to to watch it without any yes. prior Fast and Furious-like content? I want you to and,
1: watch... Yeah, I want you to just watch the new one. Okay. We're gonna and try, then right. tell us what you think no, it the plot to <laughs>
3: each movie is.
2: I want Josh to... We'll tell him this to is watch... This going to be a side episode. We'll tell Josh to watch the the Jason Statham movie, and he's going to watch The Italian Job. <laughs> the remake the, remake yeah, of the yeah, right, 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 right. Because it does have Charlize throne so I mean, it could get confusing. That's true. It's gonna be bad if I just
3: confuse him with somebody else. Like, like, like I'm two degrees away from the right movie. You know, I w- so. I'm
1: I'm gonna die because I think it would be awesome if he got Tokyo Drift and got this plot right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> that means okay. Uh, okay, back, back to comics. Back okay. to comics. Okay. All right. Back to uh, so, Eisner's. Back to uh, Endgame.
3: Yeah. So 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 Endgame. Um. So, I like I, I really liked hearing your guys' discussion of it, and we were actually sort of chatting about it. Like they let me on our um, group messenger. I just after I saw, it, I just went in and just started typing all these thoughts about it. And so, in reflecting on it now for I guess about a week, um, I I still this is what I love about the film. Weirdly, the the opening act with the five years later I thought was just one of the most. I mean, it was one of the most powerful things they could have done because it is very much about understanding the audience is fully engaged with these characters engage with the actors playing them and to just give them the space to breathe or we get to see every one of their emotional responses to that that i still i keep going back cap running a support group is the most fantastic cap thing he could do I mean that is about him as a person it's not about his superpowers it's
2: not about his his it's per- about
1: him being worthy
2: yeah and Yeah, Cap finds a way to continue being a hero. Yes, exactly. And it's not always
3: about the fight, right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. It's about it's about the people. It's about what you do to help the people. It was, I mean, that to me was just this utterly profound moment. You know, seeing Black Widow, who not only was leading this kind of ragtag Avengers, but after that meeting is done, we just kind of see her melt down. Was so powerful. It's like you. I mean, she is always calm and collected. Right. I mean, except for in the first Avengers when after she fights Hulk, you know, it it was a a nice little nod to that, I think. Um, And I've said this to you guys a few times. I think the thing I really, really liked about the film was the idea of taking many of these characters and showing us them in a place where they're the polar opposite, for the most part, of who they were or where they were at when they first entered the MCU. right? Right. So you have smart hulk you had you know and, and 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 not just that smart hulk who is uh completely accepting of who he is right that's how that occurred you get black widow who's very fragile mm-hmm. you get um uh, i had more of these and in, and in, in, oh you get um, lebowski thor right who feels like he's not he's not cocky he doesn't feel he's worthy he feels like a failure right so it was taking all these characters and just showing us them after this massive defeat in a way that was not just natural for them to be in this mindset but it was a total 180 from who they were when they first entered the mcu tony who wants no involvement with anything tony stark is like i'm out like i don't want to do i have my wife and my kid i'm out you know it was i i thought that first third of the film was fantastic i have huge problems the second part of the film the whole time heist thing I still I, I on one level just as kind of as fan service and as a fun story it's fun. you start diagramming out their theory of time travel it is a freaking mess it just doesn't make <laughs> any sense at all no sense whatsoever
1: well I think because for me I think this, this is what we're going to set up Kane in the second run because now they've messed with time oh. because it's kind of like you know um, you had these aliens come down from space you know in the first film and now we've created this great cosmic yeah. event yeah, uh, because of the first run now we've altered time. Like, Earth is becoming a hot spot in the middle of the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe that, like, we, we understand, Captain. Marvel's taking care of everything else. Now now it's becoming very unstable. So I
3: have a hot take. And my hot take is it's just on to me that that, sound, that, I, that sounds the most reasonable, you know, particularly with, with what we know about what's going to be in the next Spidey film with um, Mysteria, right? Right. What if now that Marvel owns Fox, it is actually the end of Deadpool 2 that started the cosmic event. Because remember, he's just like, I'm going back in time, changing everything. <laughs> or is it into the Spider-Verse? Yeah. Because yeah. there's a cartoon
1: Spider-Verse. Right. There's a cartoon-verse uh, somewhere Yeah, exactly, in- exactly.
3: I but I just like the idea of just, like, Deadpool's, like, willingness to just fuck with time is, like, what kind of kicked this all off, you know? <laughs> I, that's... Uh, <laughs> the other thing... Sorry, spoiler for Deadpool Two. Anyway, yeah, we um, hey, I tagged this spoiler, so right, we're spoiling everything. Good. Um, <laughs> what what were your three favorite moments? My three favorite moments. Um, again, I'd say probably Cap in the support group uh, was was great. Um, God, there's so many moments. Um, I I mean, just because I I can't not like it, and and even there. In this moment, I'm about to refer to, I felt it was so fanservicey, but still, I think I did a, a double fist pump. Was just when all the female heroes are like, "She's not alone," you know, and you just get this like, "Oh, it's so good," you know. I really love that. Um, what's my third?
1: And moment? it could be
2: the Bay Force movie, which would make that would be cool. I think it would be really cool. Yeah.
1: So, if you give me a great movie, I don't care who's in it. Yeah, I want to have fun, see some see some cool uh, fights just like this. I mean, for me, I like on your left
0: yeah and just hearing yeah. that you yeah. Know, just seeing
1: it. cap it is worst and then so uh, since then it's nice seeing people who've you know taken cams and, cr- and screenshots of moments of yes. like when cap sees everyone come in and, and 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 throughout the battle there's this one where he's watching everything but then he sees what tony's what tony had to pay the price for, yeah and, and seeing that expression
3: <laughs> my my um Favorite new meme is Cap going, Oh shit and then taking some other screenshot of him from other movies uh as but standing in front of him. So um I do I, you know my so my third favorite moment is is simply when uh Cap wields Mjolnir and Thor's like, I knew it Yeah, I mean that was that was such a great, you know a great little callback to this minor little moment from Avengers when he yeah. just tries to lift me here and
1: it just like rocks you know like well, a centimeter <laughs> there were lots of little moments I mean for you know just even Ant-Man and Wasp yeah. you know it was nice to hear her call him Cap and kind of validate Scott and Scott's like yeah like like Scott loves this yes you know and what what's kind of neat is Scott loves not only this, but like solving the problem. Like when he got
3: back, he was like, yeah. "Something was in his head, yeah. and he could fix it." Yeah, it's 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 fascinating that that Ant Man is really the crux of the activity in this movie. Right? Mm-hmm. He's the one that is like, "No, something is wrong, and I think we can fix it." Yeah. Um, and what? Uh, it, but the one thing I was really curious about
1: is like, okay, we need to go see the smartest man. They go to Tony. And yeah, it's like no. I kind of wish they had seen Bill Foster. It would have been interesting to see yeah. more of the smart people of, of the Marvel Universe, and, and they've already said, you know, uh, because he, may, well, not have he, may, not be he may not made it. Ooh, that's, that's true. That's
3: kind of why, I mean, I feel like they went to certain characters
1: because they yeah. were the only ones that survived. I think okay. so. I
2: think anyone that didn't get a, anyone that wasn't in the film, like the secondary character like yeah, that, snapped. it's because they weren't in there. Yeah. Uh, I guess, well, sorry. Oh, no, no, good. I was just going to say, like, to kind of wrap the endgame talk and the catch-up, i wanted to ask you saw the movie like a week after it had been come out were people still cheering in the theater for different moments
3: yeah that theater was packed and um everyone cheered at i think every moment that i i mean it was it was i wouldn't say it was a completely raucous affair but i would be interested to know if i could go back just to pull people on the way out like is this your first time seeing it? You yeah. know, is it second, third? Like, I'm, I'm really curious to know, like, how the subsequent viewing responses are. Because um, I think it, you know, there is there is something, there was a headline that I read, I think the day after, because I'd been bookmarking all these things, so I wouldn't spoil it, um, that I read the day after I saw it. And it was, it may have been Kotaku or somebody, but it was just this headline about how, when you think about what Endgame does, just simply how audacious an accomplishment it is. And I think that's the thing that just warms me up the most is just, again, take any of this, Go back to the early 90s and tell teenage Josh that one day not only are we going to get a a good Marvel movie, we're going to get 22, 23, Fantastic, well, let's say twenty they're,
2: fantastic they're all- Marvel movies, <laughs> and trimming. even then, I think they're all still pretty good movies. Like overall, they're Thor 2's is a mess. I
0: mean,
1: the thing that gets me is like I think about younger Man. I go, <laughs> I go, what happened to you? Because I would be telling you, there's like three Iron Man movies, and I'd be like, that's awesome, and yeah. I'd be like, well, they're not
3: good. I mean, like, what's wrong with <laughs> yeah. you, old Clay? I know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> or like, or like, hey, there's like, there's like three really great Thor movies. The first one's really good second one sucks. third one's hilarious and be like, see,
2: what? And you, you, you said know, the like, first one's really good. A lot of people don't like the first one either. I like the first one. I, I like it too. Yeah. I like, I like the said... second one. Well, and...
3: but again, I tried showing it. That was one I had planned to show my daughter Thor and Avengers mm-hmm. uh, before we went to go see Endgame soon because I knew she hadn't seen them and because I know you can't really watch Avengers unless you've seen Thor because Loki's the bad guy, right? Yeah. And we got, I mean, we weren't even to Earth. And my daughter's like, yeah, this is kind of boring. Can we watch it again some other time? Like, she just she couldn't get past the whole Branwell Shakespearean, you know, uh, uh, stuff, uh, Asgard stuff. Whereas I'm like, this is beautiful. Like, yeah. show me more of this. So yeah. Cool.
1: Um, uh, the uh, the other stuff that I'm reading, I'm uh, you know, realms, and uh, I started to the scroll. Side. What?
2: That was a long
1: tangent. Read. That was a long <laughs> yeah, tangent. Yeah. From so the Fast so and Furious This I'll is our third introduction. Platform,
2: yeah. uh, Clay, Clay. Clay's introduction. <laughs> introduction is taking about twenty-four minutes.
3: Well, this is like a Marvel film where yeah. it's going to end with the title screen coming up. So at the end, we're all snapped.
1: <laughs> <laughs> in the next episode, Adrian has to figure out how to get us back.
3: Yeah, yeah. Adrian Cause he, and Kyle. Cause he's, they're both in the quantum realm. <laughs> <laughs> we're out of pin particles, so
1: we're uh, <laughs> <laughs> screwed. Um. You know, after seeing it for a third time and going back through the moments, um, Tony Tony and his dad, I just kind of liked him needing that hug that yeah. Peter needed. Okay. When, yeah, You okay. know, I, I like seeing those things kind of tie like that. I like seeing Tony. Uh, to me, you know, I've complained about the Iron Man movies. I've always said, you know, Tony never – to me, this was Iron Man 4. I finally yeah. realized that, you know – it, it is about what Cap told him in Avengers. You're not the guy to lay down your body. You're not the guy to let someone walk over you. And he had to become that. Yeah. Um, I think he had, I think he sees himself as a hero and yeah, he saved people, but then that's what really defined him and who he is. And I don't think it'll ever be topped. I mean, we're probably going to see uh, a Riri Iron Man or Ironheart um, yeah. and, and some other Ironmen uh, come from the MCU and I'm excited about that. Yeah. I don't think it'll ever outdo what this Tony Stark, this Robert Downey Jr. version has done because I, I really kind of crap on those movies. And then when I went home and I thought about it, all I wanted to watch was Iron Man movies. Yeah. And I and so and
3: and I was just
1: excited again. So I'm, I'm glad they did this. This really made those movies better for me.
3: I I um yeah I I I completely agree with all that. I I don't know. I found the whole scene with Tony and his Dad a little much, and I think it's probably because it was not the same actor that played Howard yeah. Stark in Cap, right? It was well, a different they have, actor.
1: They've had two. You know, the youngest... It wasn't Dominic... Um, Dominic. That's yet. who I
3: was thinking of,
2: yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. Um, no, he played him in the videos. <laughs> you know, in the videos uh, that he recorded about... <laughs>
2: oh, did he? He's okay, the, right. He's the older version of Howard Stark. Okay. And okay. they've kind of used that, and then they kind of made him younger, but... Right. Because uh, when... What's his name? Dominic? Mm Monon? Whatever. Pre- preacher, I, yeah, yeah. Pre- pre- Whatever preacher was, how yeah, 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 start, yeah. It's a much younger because it's, right, it's in the right? 40s. That's right. So,
3: um, I, I had some some thought based on what you said. and uh, it's, just, it's just gone. So.
1: Um, that's okay. The, the other thing, I, I kind of have this other theory, and I saw this online, and and I want to believe that this would be really cool is if Kang isn't the next villain. Kang, oh, uh, that would
3: because is he supposed to be? Because that would make no, sense. No,
1: it would make total sense with yeah. them jacking with time. Yeah. But what would be interesting is what villain would you want to put in between and have Kang show up next time? Because if you have Kang show up, you could end up with the same problem where you have to go back in time and you're going to see these other movies. And then it
3: becomes every reboot of the DCU. It's the same story again and again and again. Well, what if you had Galactus as the next villain? And then you had
1: Kang Bring show FF. up. Because
2: yeah. all the Because all the energy that was released from Earth now makes that uh, – makes the earth appealing for galactus to consume right?
3: oh that's
2: wow that's a good and so then the ff were out and out in space and now they've got the signal back so they have yeah. to come back to earth okay and
3: so russo brothers if you're listening <laughs> this is the plot mr, mr. daniel Pige, mr. daniel Pige. and Clay just nailed yeah. it like yeah just, we're just gonna go
2: start at it. the top of the story
1: and we're just gonna go galactus and yep. then y'all just fill in the other stuff
3: if it doesn't have ff i'm i'm Boycotting. Uh, we if we
1: need... don't get the
2: mole man, <laughs> we we know y'all are
1: regular viewers. So yeah, there exactly.
2: are seven viewers. One of them could be Kevin Feige. <laughs> <laughs> Please be Kevin Feige. Um,
1: yeah, I, if it was Kang, it would be cool if he was like the third villain because that would be interesting to have another time travel thing. But you wouldn't want a time. Person right after you just right, did right, right. this whole thing, so maybe create another villain in between so, them. I
2: think Galactus would be cool because not only would it introduce us to that, and I know they wouldn't do this, but they could give us a a cosmic Ghost Rider, Silver Surfer like mixture mm. because it's like you take two of their or his two biggest heralds. Kind of, I mean I know he's had a bunch, but Silver Surfer is the uh, probably the most popular one, and but Cosmic Ghost Rider is really hot right now. Yeah, although it'd be hard to explain how. Cosmic right to came to be but well, you just kind of take that and make it an analog it's right.
1: Donny Cates being awesome that's right <laughs> yeah really and, oh and, and then I, I forgot to tell you guys after um, after the show uh, last weekend after uh, the Zeus panel uh,
2: Zeus panel yeah
1: they uh, did a benefit for Lila Sturgis and so I went to that and hung out and got to hang out with Donnie Cates, <laughs> and so that That's, was wow. just the coolest thing because I was, I, I was just having a rough weekend and stuff. And Mark Walters and uh, my wife were there, and we were just sitting there talking and eating and everything. And she knew I wanted to meet him, but I was like, I just want to donate and go. I was just kind of tired. And, and she told Mark, and Mark goes, Hey, come over. And then I got to hang out with him, and I just like gushed over that guy. I was just like super
2: fan. Uh, he's doing seven books,
1: man, yeah. seven books.
2: Are they all for Marvel? Um, no. uh, Red Redneck is not for Marvel. Uh, God Country. God Country. Well, that one's done. Oh, that's right. That's Baby right. Teeth okay. is still ongoing as well, but that one's for Aftershock. Okay. Uh, because Donnie Cates is another one that I'll just kind of, oh, he's on the book. And this was pre-Marvel, so, you know, Donnie, if you're watching, <laughs> been a fan for a long time. <laughs> uh, since, uh, since Buskill and the Paybacks.
3: There you
1: go. You know, nice.
2: So. Man, it's a callback. Exactly.
1: Um, yeah, and so I, he was just, uh, and he was talking about the books he's doing and stuff, and I was just like, Guardians, I just love that, and he, and, uh, but he had, he had the best take. This was the coolest thing, because he's writing the script for God Country, which is really wild, the fact that they would buy the option and then get the author to write the script. That's awesome. That's good to hear. Who's never written a movie script. Wow. So, uh, I'm excited to see that, but I was just, uh, just gushing about all the different things, and, uh. He told me he told me a little something I'm holding on to. I have hot news that I'm holding on to because he's like telling me what next book he's working on, and I was so excited. I haven't told anyone.
3: That's wow. uh, that's one way to get more viewers. Yeah. Um, yeah. I should yeah. write it
1: in an envelope, and we open the envelope after mm. it gets announced.
3: <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, then he did like date it. Date it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we'll go buried in the back.
1: <laughs> but, uh, but he had the best take. It was like I asked him about God Country because I'm like, you know, I mean, you've done these books your way that you want to do them, and you go and write a script. Doesn't it suck to get notes to be told how to tell your story? And he's like, I've told my story. This is just extra. Oh, and I nice. was like, man, what a great take.
3: See, that's that's a more reasonable uh, Alan Moore,
2: <laughs> you know. Like I don't, I don't, I don't see why anybody would <laughs> ever turn away success like that. Like, like, like more? Yeah, well, yeah, I guess so. Well, <laughs> when you get to, well, I guess when you
1: get
3: to the, the certain level, maybe you can. When you can see the black magic happening.
1: Yeah, right.
0: <laughs>
2: I see when, you're, the-
3: when your magic war with Morrison reaches its apogee, so, you know. That's but, a, yeah, I
2: mean, you already made uh, a God Country, which is what you wanted to do, right? You made your six-issue six mini, which for any of us, like any comic book fan or anybody that aspires to write comics, like you just want to do that. And it was successful and now it's being made into a movie that's extra like all that is extra yeah. and then that led to a bigger job with you know like all that stuff has been finally paying off now you're writing a bunch of books for Marvel and you're kind of leading on that charge that's just like why would anybody at any point turn down success and obviously it comes down with a little bit of internet hate and all that stuff but he's found a way to kind of just look past all that stuff but is 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 he I, I guess what I wonder
3: is is he able to say that about I've made my version because In my mind, it would seem like if something I created got optioned as a movie or a TV show, my fear would be if it's not done right, more people will be exposed to my creation through that medium than, say, through the comics. But as I'm thinking that, I'm wondering, are we at a point now where comics are such part of the fabric of our pop
2: culture that people know to go look for the comic now? Like, are we there I don't know. I think there's a there's a big part of the population that, because we've had the same thing with the with the book adaptations, right? A lot of oh, people yeah. come out of a movie okay. saying, "Well, maybe the book was better." Yeah. And okay. then you hear that, or like Game of Thrones and stuff, right? Yeah. You're like, "Well, the books are better." Uh, then you hear that, and then there's a big part of the that group of people that, "Well, I'm gonna go check out the book now." Yeah. Because I want to see if it really if it's better. Why would I not go look for it? Yeah. Uh, so I think with the comics. The, it it's such an available medium now with all the digital stuff and like you know trades and paperbacks and stuff like that, that you can, even if you're not an avid comic reader, you can go and just pick up the book and compare it. Hmm. So whenever God Country comes out, uh, you know if somebody that's never read the 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 book, they can go back and actually read it and compare. And then like, because we might be saying like, well the book was better or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But now in this case, Donny Cates is behind it, so I don't know. I mean. No, that's good. I mean, that's a good. So I I I think it'll keep. Uh, having the original creator normally keeps the same kind of vision. Yeah. You know, regardless of the director or whatever, obviously it'll have to be made for a more wide stream audience. But we, you know, kind of like Umbrella Academy. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of the a lot of the outlandish stuff from the book, it got toned down a little bit mm. for Netflix. Yeah. Um, but,
1: but also character changes. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, they lightened up the sister a lot in terms of like how terrible she is in the yeah. book versus you know. She's likable. She has chemistry with the lead. I mean, there's just a lot of positives.
2: Or you could be just like Doom Patrol and pretty much make it straight out of the comic. Man,
3: okay. So I have a theory. They're behind. We're gonna have a Doom Patrol. We're behind. We will. I I want to talk. I know. I and I want to watch them, Uh, Jen. If you're watching, we just need to bench them. Um, But I, I have a theory, and this just struck me this morning, right? Because I was I was thinking, like driving here thinking about so i have a subscription out to dc universe and i've been bemoaning the fact that even though they've recently added what 30,000 some odd yeah, issues something like that the only vertigo stuff that they have added is the stuff that applies to the other media so they've added the doom patrol vertigo stuff right they've added the swamp thing stuff and preparation for the new Swamp Thing show. Here's my theory because they just announced they're doing another set of DC shorts and one of them is Death. I'm going to call oh, yeah. it now. I think they're going to be doing a Sandman series. Because if you think about it, depending wow. on how you structure that series, it does sort of like Doom Patrol. It doesn't need to be that special effects heavy. Right, particularly the 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 early stuff, right? right? And they have done. I think what they have shown with Doom Patrol and what I anticipate will happen with Swamp Thing is they have shown that they are ready to just embrace the comics, as not toning it down like you're saying. But I mean, Doom Patrol does such a good job just being. Morrison crazy <laughs> as fuck I mean it is amazing and, and so it's I, one and of my
1: favorite things to watch every
3: week yeah. I'm so excited to
1: see what are they going to try to do yeah. yeah
3: and so I feel like if they maintain that same sort of uh, and again having watched the trailer for Swamp Thing I think this is, will be the case like it will be very much like that early that critical more Wrightson kind of did Wrightson predate more on it or um, he did didn't he because it was a different artist when yeah, um, yeah. but anyway um, Lynn and Wrightson did Swamp Thing, yes, you're yeah, right. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it seems to have that kind of horror, but also that kind of metaphysical aspect of that run. I wonder if they're going to go to Sandman next. Like, I wonder if they're not putting the Vertigo stuff on because they want to roll it out as it dovetails with uh, the series that they produce.
1: I want to see the numbers. I want to see yeah, what I, DC is is doing in terms of like, are are people reading on the app? Are people watching Titans over and over again? Is I, Dream Patrol bringing in things?
3: I saw an article saying that that it's not doing well, and yeah, so I worry it's that. not going to make it. I, I um, think
2: I think what's going to happen is uh, Warner Brothers is rolling; it's preparing to roll out their own streaming service. Uh, I think it'll it'll just eventually maybe roll under that. Okay. I hope they keep the comics because that's. I mean, even it's, though it's I good, it's yeah. I haven't read many comics on the app because yeah. for the most part it's stuff that I've already read. Yeah. Uh, you know, all that stuff, like, I already either have it on Comicsology or yeah. I own it physically. Yeah. So I don't go back and read it on there. But I like that it is available for me to recommend to other people. Like, right. hey, you like this? Yeah. Uh, you like the new movie that just came out, the Justice League, with, uh, with the new Green Lantern? You can go read a book about it now because she's on there. Like, you can see how yeah. she was created. And she's a very recent um, comic yeah, book character.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's so many positives about that app if you're a comic book reader. But you're also dropping, I mean... What did they? You're dropping quite a bit just to have comics and movies that are very small. I
3: mean, yeah. that, that, that price is a little too much. I would say for it to succeed, you have to appeal to both. And so they've kind of appealed to the movie TV people by, say, dropping first day release of the new Fatal Five was on that day one. Yep. Why they're not doing that with the comics, I don't know. And and that's what really, I mean, it feels like they want us to double dip. And that's what really me about it. Well, is, and I think
2: also it may have to. If you do that, then what's driving people to the comic shops? So they may be. Yeah, but isn't digital already? I mean, it, it, I mean, I love my
3: comic shops, but I feel like digital's like that. That barn door is open, and the horses have escaped. I don't. I don't think right. there's any going back from that. Right. And so yeah. I feel like as a as a uh, as a corporation, as an entity, I think DC is going to have to figure out. Especially with Disney Plus coming down the pike. They're going to have to figure out what is going to make this stand out. Because, again... They could do what Hulu did. Lower the price. They could. And and, and I, I guess my concern is the fact that Doom Patrol showed they can do this right. Yeah. And that's why I'm excited about Swamp Thing. I still don't care about Titans. I'll never watch it. I'm sorry. I won't. Um, but I'm excited about Swamp Thing. I'm excited about Stargirl to a certain degree. Like, I just want to see what they do with that. So... I don't want any of that stuff to fail and I don't want there not to be more of it um, but they've got, and, and I'm sorry, the app is crap.
1: The app is the real app crap. The
3: app is awful. I mean, the fact I, that, that I, I the fact that it is so hard to just add stuff to the wish list because it either wants you to add a single issue or you have to do this weird backtracking to get to the total title. And it only works on the tablet app, not the phone app. I mean, it's like, it's nuts. It just drives me insane. Yeah. So.
1: The, the only service I have that I have no problems with at all is Shudder. Interesting. Shutter. I'm, I'm going to probably write something at one point about all the different services because I just canceled the first service I got uh, from somewhere because it was just, it was shit. Uh, but but Shudder is the best because Shudder is – and I think this is where we're going to go. We're either going to have like niche services like this where yeah. it's like horror. And, you know, they uh, have curators and they bring in their films and like, you know, we have Joe Bob. Every Friday is li- I'm live tweeting because that's so much fun. He that's awesome, yeah. four hours. I mean, he does two movies, uh, uh, doesn't talk during them, before, middle, and after – and it's just great entertainment. Uh, DC, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, dude Patrol. You know? Yeah. And, and when Titans was out, I'd forget. Yeah. So nothing is bringing me back constantly to that app. It's going to have to be bundled with something else. And I don't know what that is, if it's the Warner Brothers thing. yeah. But I honestly wouldn't be surprised if Netflix. And I know that sounds mm. insane, but with Netflix losing Marvel. Yeah. But they have Miller World. But Mil- Miller World's a small universe, and they're publishing comics might bring this in and could say, you know, we can host all these shows yeah. and do comics and do, and we would probably see a Netflix comics app at that point. That's interesting. Things that they could push from, from an app perspective,
3: the way, um, well, the way they have it now, yeah. you know, movies and that, you know, that, that just do me. I, so I did read something recently as well, because I want to make a concerted effort for it. I read, um, the fearsome Doctor Fang from TKO, which is a new comic company that's kind of trying to play around with disrupting the
2: the distribution. The, yeah, uh, it's different, so right? they
3: yeah. they completely ignore the 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 direct market, yep. the comic shops. They completely ignore any kind of newsstand. You buy it from them, and they offer it in three versions. You can either get just the trade collection. You can buy the issues individually. Or you can buy these single issues that get sent to you in a beautiful kind of slipcase box set. Yep, yep. And, um, but but their, but their model is that kind of Netflix binge model, which is like, we're not going to ever publish these month to month. You will get the entire story all at once. Fearsome Dr. Fang was... I, I bought it because I love pulpy stuff. It was good. I mean, it, yeah. was, it was just a fun read. Um, not incredibly deep, but it certainly sets up future stories. And the other one I bought was... Um, Garth Innes's Sarah, which again, tonally seems very different. It's like a female sniper in, I think, World War Two. Yeah. Um, so I plan to read that next, but I'm, I'm, I'm really intrigued by this model, because it was nice buying it directly from them. Yeah. Uh, they just come as plain Jane PDFs, like, you know, yeah. Cool. And, uh, and I nearly, like, if they had a... The, what they don't have is a bundle price like if, if I could uh, if I could go in and kind of a la carte say send me the single issues of the silk place but also give me the PDFs I would totally do that because sometimes I just want the digital versions as well or if yeah. they gave you like a reduced you know
2: price on yeah I, I would buy digital. so many more DC books if they came with a free digital code yeah and they, like does they still Marvel do still it. do that? Marvel still does it and that's why I'm picking up a bunch of marvel books because this is that double dipping thing about
3: yeah. DC that just it just seems kind of intrinsic to the even though the corporate I don't, culture yeah. at this point
2: even though I don't even though I don't uh read everything day off yeah like with marvel I will save up my it's kind of like I have my own digital trade now because I redeemed all my codes and now yep. I can just binge the book like I just read uh Return of Wolverine I finally mm. got I bought the I bought the book uh and I redeemed all the codes and they were there and I already had it ready to go so I think because I prefer reading digitally uh, just because you get to look at the art a little bit more. Yeah, uh, It's more convenient because you can do it wherever you are. And you don't have to carry your books around because that's one thing I don't want to do. I don't want to miss all my books Yeah, either. Uh, so, yeah, I think uh, hopefully they, they move up to a, a, a different model that really just kind of highlights that. But I, I've heard about TKO. Uh, I've wanted to check some stuff out. They do have some stuff in Comicsology, I think. If you do want to get that good oh, stuff, I believe so. Okay, I'll check. But yeah, I think um, I'll check it out. Maybe by next show, I'll have read something from them. Cool. And I'm really interested in the single issues that come in I the little. I am too. Student, I in the little case. Yeah, I ne- um, I nearly did that,
3: but I was like, I kind of want to read no. a story first to get a sense of kind of what the you know. Of yeah, the, exactly. The stuff so. I mean, I could, I could totally see going back and buying
2: the slipcase for Doctor Fang or Sarah after I read it. It's, it's a,
3: it's a fun story. It's but really I,
2: fun. I, like you said, I would like them to have like maybe some kind of tier pricing where it's like, yeah, if you just buy the PDF, uh, you get, you know, you just it's this much. But yeah. if you want the slip case with the single issues and the PDF, like kind of like a Kickstarter or uh, that tier system. Right. Mm-hmm. The more you pay for it, the more you're gonna get from that book or whatever. Yeah. So, or uh, almost like the
3: you know there's some um, RPG. Yeah. Publishers, where if you buy the physical book through them, they'll give you the PDF for free. Right. I'm not saying TikiO should do that, but it'd be nice if they had it like in like you're saying the yeah. the Kickstarter add-on model. Like, uh, oh, you're buying these books in print. Would you like to add on the PDFs for right. six bucks, you know, yeah, or something? So,
2: all right. Uh, um, anyone got anything? I- else? I do have one more thing, and maybe we can close out with that.
1: Is it Fast and Furious related?
2: It's. Mm, no. It can be. Uh, Jason, I guess, maybe, because they <laughs> they're on the same channel, kind of. <laughs> I know I've seen uh, Fast and Furious movies on HBO. Uh, we got a Watchmen teaser yeah. this week.
3: Yeah.
0: Um,
2: oh, so it sounds like
3: Clay and I are in very different uh, yeah, ends so, of the spectrum on this. So
2: I think this would be a good, uh, good close-up <laughs> to the show because uh, uh, I really, I, I've been really looking forward to what is going to fill in the next gap. After Game of Thrones is done. I think they they try to do it with Westworld. Um, I don't believe that it worked as much as they... I know Westworld has an audience, and I've watched Westworld. I love Westworld. I watched season one, and I haven't watched season two yet, just because I didn't have HBO.
1: Season two will blow Uh, your mind. I didn't
2: have HBO until Game of Thrones came back. So now that I have that, I'm catching up on all the stuff, like Barry and Beep. I can't believe I'm going to have to get uh, HBO to watch uh, Watchmen. Uh, So, So with that... Uh, so, I'm, so I assume both of you guys watched mm-hmm. the the Watchmen trailer? Yep. Yep. Uh, so let's start with Clay, so we can end <laughs> on a more positive note. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I hated it.
1: I will say this. Okay, first of all, you have Damon
2: Lindelof. Uh, I guess before we talk about the trailer, have you guys both read Watchmen? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And have you guys both watched the sex? Who, who, who wrote it? Uh-huh. <laughs> Alan no.
1: Moore. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Okay. I'm just figuring like, if he's going to ask a us trick if we're question? watching Watchmen yeah, right. if we've seen if we've read it.
2: <laughs> so you've read it. Yes. Have you watched the Zack Snyder movie? Yes. Yes.
3: I've actually watched the the, the director? Uh, yeah, I've the I've, the I've, got, director? Got, I've got all of them. I've, I've That's never, the one Zack
1: Snyder i like it.
3: The yeah, I, I kind of the, I'm not I'm not against it. It's, I haven't seen the director's I'm now. against one scene then. Yeah.
1: No, you Hallelujah. Oh, oh, no, not that one. The use
2: of hallelujah. You didn't like that? Oh, that's not where I was going. Yeah, me
3: either. What did you all not like? I
2: the comedian in uh, the violent towards women scene. That was... I, like, that it's, is it's, rough, but it's in the book. it's in the book, but I don't but know that I needed to... Like, they, yeah, could they could have applied it more than... That, that feels like Snyder being they, Snyder. They showed. I mean, the, I'm not, you know... He's, so yeah, he's going to show the They showed more than what we needed to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: The guy that announced Batman kills... Yeah, he's going to show that scene in a movie. <laughs> well, Batman kills. Oh. Oh, really? Get over it, nerds. I'm just kidding. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> There's multiverse people, right? If you're Batman, it's from the
1: universe. Okay, first of all, my problem is going to be Damon Lindelof. Um, because of the Lost ending. Never seen Lost, so I, I don't have that. I love Lost. That Me That too. ending is the most... Mediocre, but I still love the show because I love the journey. I mean, it, because one sixty or the the final episode is not as good as any of the other episodes. Doesn't give me anything for the characters. It just gives me moments that are okay. Um, then he did Aliens. Remember how bad that was? And look at that wild cast he had. He had Idris Elba. He had Charlize Theron. And then uh, that is just a shit movie.
2: Wait, Prometheus. Which, oh, Prometheus. Okay. Oh, that's I right. Was that's like
1: right. Ali- okay. Well, Alien Prometheus. I like Prometheus. Um, the one exception uh, but I only watched the first season would be Leftovers. He did 3 seasons of that. I heard the the end was fantastic, yeah, but the, the first season is just like w- the most it's just the saddest part. I mean, like okay, you know the end of of Infinity War when you see everyone disappear. Yeah. Uh, that's what season 1 is. Is just everyone just disappeared. How do they live? And it's just the saddest, horrific, depressing. Then you see, because you will see families that were kept together. It's about the rapture. If no one knows uh, what leftovers is, and
2: also on HBO. So it's
1: it's about what's in my fridge and (laughs) what's for dinner. Exactly. Uh, (laughs) Oh my God! What's in the back? (laughs) Don't eat the green stuff. The um, so so he. To me, I don't feel like he is somebody. Really, I don't think he's worthy of the project, and that's a shitty thing to say. But <laughs> I just don't think he's executed these other properties well enough to, to to give him something like that. I know he's a big comic book fan. I know he loves the material. Uh, he may do it right, um, but do we need an ending? Do we do? Do we need more in that world? I mean, that ending to me was pretty.
3: I, so I will. I will say I feel like. We, we do like the the way the so here's what I'm excited about with it like you know um, I feel like Marvel made a misstep not Marvel sorry uh, DC made a misstep with before Watchmen right this idea of oh like, definitely let's giving let's give everyone a prequel because I think for me at least reading Watchmen at the end of it when you get this I think very very focused kind of um denouement if you will uh, with uh Owlman and uh, Sally um, you, Jupiter. You, what, what? Sally Jupiter? Yeah, yeah. Where you kind of see, okay, we know what happens to them. I kind of, there's so much world building in Watchmen to that to just end it there is fine, but I for one want to know what happens and knowing that that's Lindenhoff's jumping off point is like we're not messing with the canon. We want to take it from that moment on. I'm kind of intrigued. And in that trailer, you clearly see there are these different, what would you call them, cults around the different characters yeah. from yeah. the movie? I mean, it looks really fascinating. It, it,
1: it looks like the equivalent of like the
3: Guardian Angels of uh, New York yeah, yeah, yeah. becoming... Or, like, or the Sons of Batman. Sons of Batman, yeah, exactly. I think it,
2: I think one of the... It, it's kind of the same argument that we had, like, why would we need Doomsday Clock, right? The, the comic book event that DC's doing right now, which is also... In its own way, a sequel to, and that's uh, what I was wondering to the to Watchmen. Yeah, because you get to see what these characters are doing after. Yeah, but I think if it's well executed, and I believe I've not caught up on it, but I've heard very good things about issues one through nine mm. uh, that Jeff Jones and uh, Gary Frank are doing. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think if it's a, if it's a good story, and if it's something that is gonna add more to that world. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we all think Rorschach is a badass. So when you see the, the Rorschach, Rorschach yeah. Like, yeah. like all those people with the Rorschach mask, like you're like, man, because I think one of the one of the coolest things in the in the book, and you know, if you haven't seen, if you haven't read Watchmen or seen it, you know, sorry, <laughs> go, spoilers. Go go read it. Yeah, pause pause this yeah. right now. Yeah, go do that and then come back and finish. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I always think Watchmen's like if you've
1: read comics for like over five years, you you need to read Watchmen. You but least, you, if yeah. you're reading comics for the first time, yeah. I don't think it's. I think it's so dense and has so many tropes of yeah. comics that it's
2: too much. But as, you know, I think in the end, like what everything happened, what everything Ozzy mind is like, succeeded or not, I think Rorschach also succeeded in getting out the information. Yeah, yeah. Now, right. Yeah, how the world is going to accept that information, I think it could be great commentary on like. You know the world today of like, well, that's news, but like, is it reliable news or is it reliable information? Right. Um, well, it's like the Panama Papers. It's,
1: well, I mean, yeah, the Panama or, Papers. The Panama Papers come out, and they talk about all these rich people are hiding money all over the country, offshores, not paying taxes on it. The one of the journalists responsible for it gets killed, and. Have you read about it in the news? I mean, it's really one of those stories you kind of have to track down, but there are millionaires who are just uh, bypassing governments and taxes with all this money, and, you know, so I wouldn't be surprised if someone sends that in that basically breaks down the entire plot of what uh, Ozymandias was doing, and people just don't care.
2: Yeah, maybe. I mean, I think in some level, but obviously what we see from the trailer is that some people do care. Maybe we're inspired or have been inspired right. by the actions that uh, not just Rorschach, but a lot of the characters have taken in. Uh, we don't know what's going on with Dr. Manhattan. See,
3: I thought that was the most telling. Like, who's not represented in that who's trailer? Producer, right? Dr. Manhattan isn't. Uh, was Owlman? I didn't seem to remember. So so the impression is that is that uh, Owlman and Jupiter uh, have kind of, they've lived their life, presumably, yeah. right? So it's the core, it's... Um, Rorschach, it's Ozymandias, it's uh, uh, the, uh, the know, comedian. Comedian. comedian, the comedian, yeah. um, it's was, it, it's kind of those as like the most public,
2: yeah, to to some degree, yeah, because um, they were all they were all in one way or another in front of the the public right? Right, yeah, exactly. The comedian worked for the government. Yep. Uh, Doctor Manhattan obviously was like the superhero for the United States, and, yeah, and Rorschach ended up being a criminal. Right. Or at least there's a way kind of, you know, was being framed. Um, I think that shot of Jeremy Irons as Ozymandias. That was awesome. In the Dr. Manhattan post. Yeah. It's like, man, uh, Jeremy Irons is great. And I think hopefully... (laughs) He's great, but... But I just watched the
3: first Dungeons & Dragons movie. (laughs) He he takes... That's a a total
1: inside (laughs) joke. Yeah. What was the reason he takes a lot of roles? Because he... He just bought a
3: castle. He just bought a castle. But he <laughs> castle is a very good actor. He's a very good actor. And, and quite honestly, I couldn't imagine anyone else playing an older Ozymandias. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. You know. um,
2: Defending the castle takes a lot of resources, all <laughs> right? moats don't build themselves. You have to
3: have that, that, that molten uh, yeah. metal to pour on people. I, so. will, I
1: will give you another Ozymandias in the next episode. Okay. Um, yeah, I was, I, I'm looking at the cast because I wanted to go down the cast and yeah. see who, who excited y'all. Um uh Tim Blake Nelson, you know, last time we saw him in the MCU, he was the leader in the Hulk. Uh Regina King, Jeremy Irons,
3: and Don oh, Johnson. Don Johnson who, who ends the trailer yeah, pretty strong. And I was trying to figure out who like like I'm not sure he's playing a like a direct watchman character. I feel like he's somebody associated with them.
1: Yeah.
0: I
3: don't know. He, he plays such a great skeezy guy. Well, and he's also, so my favorite Don Johnson role is in the most recent, um, I, I think it's at the end of either season one or the beginning of season two of um, series of unfortunate events. He is, you don't even know it's him at first. He's in, he is in series of unfortunate events. He's in, you know. Um, I was hoping ev- you
1: were going to say Nash Bridges.
3: No, God no, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Cheech Marin is the star of Nash Bridges. Thank I, you very he shows much. In there, though. Yeah. Um he's just up in there. Um no, he is in it and, and and for me it was the thing that just turned me on on Don Johnson. I'm like, Don Johnson's a great actor because he is so goofy in that role. He's great. He's really good.
1: Um after this is the one that excites me, Gene Smart. Because Gene Smart is in Legion and she's this, amazing. She she's is so amazing. Yeah, she
3: is so good. I mean yeah. Gene Smart
1: in anything is awesome. Yeah. Legion Season you think three
3: coming up. If she's playing an older Sally Jupiter.
2: Oh. That
1: could like, happen, yeah. yeah I'm also
2: excited to see who Yaya Abdul Mateen II second Yeah. Because yeah. so he's Black Manta in Aquaman, but if you oh. read Doomsday Clock, that could be somebody that he's playing. If oh. you read Doomsday Clock, you if you read at least the first two or three?
0: No, mm-hmm. no. Okay.
2: Because well, they've
3: only put the first issue on D C Universe. Oh. It's um, <laughs> gonna be a channel
2: for complaining about DC. I'm so
3: pissed off. But okay, so I I have an interesting theory, and I want to preface so, it by saying this will definitely not happen.
2: <laughs> and I won't I won't go into super details, but real quick, okay. If you the there is a Rorschach in Doomsday Clock, oh, he's African American. Oh, interesting. So someone you,
1: maybe takes over the mantle.
2: I won't give you any more than yeah. that. You can go go read the comic book to see how it happened. They Damn it, I'm them. pulling
1: a call and I'm on Wikipedia. I'm reading the whole thing.
2: No, don't don't go read there's nine so, issues out, go read the go issues, instead.
3: issues. We'll stop as on the way out of here. So here's so here's my theory. And He's again, playing no <laughs> And this will definitely not happen, right? But what little I know about Doomsday Clock is I wonder if Doctor Manhattan is not shown in the trailer. For the Watchmen series because this is what is happening oh, because he's in the, in the real world and he's in the dcu and they're gonna actually tie the comics in with the tv series wow. which if they did that that i would be immensely impressed by that that is a really if they at least movie.
2: make a reference to ozymandias or uh like uh, or uh dr Manhattan going right. over to a different universe right that would be amazing yeah um Okay, why
3: isn't this on the DCU? Ad? That's that's what I'm saying. That was my thought as well. It's like, did they make the deal with HBO before DCU came a thing?
1: But Krypton existed on Sci-Fi, and now, and it's, now someone... it's on there. But are they so... making
3: new episodes, or is it? There just... Are. Oh, they are. Yeah, so the... Lobo. Oh. You didn't so know new... Lobo's
2: coming. Well, but also what?
0: You guys seen Lobo? The I the haven't world... even seen
2: Krypton. I, I I added it to my list. Krypton oh, is airing on Sci-Fi. Still, but then it will also go to the app. So season, oh, so maybe this will happen. Season like, one of Krypton is on the DC app now. Right, right. You can go back and rewatch it, which I think you should. Um, but all, <laughs> all the Superman villains, kind of like Gotham, Yeah. all the Superman villains are pretty much in Krypton now, and they've been announced for the season. Mr. Mixelpiddleyck? Uh, not that one yet. <laughs> Damn it. Maybe uh, maybe he's the one doing all these machinations. Oh, all it's right. odd, or, or Azod is in it, uh, Brainiac's in it, cool. Lobo's coming, you Bostitches. Have but they...
3: Bite Me Fanboy? Have they shown what Lobo looks like? And he looks like Lobo.
2: Damn. Not,
1: not, not the metrosexual Lobo that came out in the New 52, but the, the, the,
3: the real man Lobo. Real Lobo? Yeah, real Lobo. Real real giant but, skull for a codpiece yeah. Lobo. But there you
2: can't... He, is, he does have it. Does yeah. he really? Yes. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> you can't,
3: can't see the back of his jacket.
1: I want to see if it says Bite Me Fanboy. Nice that's, nice. that's the one thing that I'm like...
2: <laughs> because because <laughs> how do you explain that in the world Maybe of Krypton? Maybe it'll, it'll just be in uh, Sarsian. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. That'll, oh, be that'll, be cool. that'll be cool. that will be cool. That's a nice idea. Um, I like that. Somebody so, needs to so, call us. We need to write something. So, or-
3: so you're saying that sci-fi still has Krypton, correct? Yes, okay, and okay, it's so on that, the DCU. So that does give me hope then that maybe Watchmen will be on DCU. I like, mean, they,
2: they didn't have a lot of the movies before, right? Because maybe they were tied up with some of the, like, ca- the Batman. Begins there's still and a stuff. paucity
3: of films on there. I mean, yeah, they don't have Suicide. They, none of the more recent and films I think are on
2: they, there. Maybe because the streaming rights, maybe with some of the other channels yet. Uh, like you know, um, <laughs> even harsher than i am suicide squad's on hbo go so mm-hmm. maybe they're still tied up the streaming's already tied up over there right that could i'm be. gonna go watch suicide squad right now after this <laughs> <laughs> because my, oh well, we got my, a king shark and maybe uh what's his name i know michael rooker it's michael Ooh.
1: I, so so i was just bragging about shutter and friday night they do a joe bob live stream where he'll like live tweet and uh show a movie and he and they did uh Henry, Portrait of a Serial Killer that I've never seen. I've never seen that either. Wow, watching it with a bunch of people like that is so cool. But seeing Rooker so young and harsh. So the director comes on, he starts telling stories about Rooker. And I did not know this because he he grew up like a poor kid, Alabama, and was stabbed in the (gasps) throat as a child. Oh, my God. And that's where his voice that that voice comes from that interesting and i was just like oh fascinated but seeing him in this movie is just i mean yondu's like this big over the top guy yeah and henry's just this quiet kind of and then i need to it's really it's really good because
3: again i've always known him as the 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 a-hole from mall so and i just think of the horrible uh uh chocolate, chocolate. oh god <laughs> Every, it's even in the poster for the movie. He's holding up the little chocolate pretzel and it's all melting. It's his fingers. Oh, so oh for me, it's uh, probably Slither. Slither and The Walking Dead.
1: Yeah. You know, oh, see, I, I haven't seen girl, either of those. Merle. So. Merle. Uh, you guys seen Slither?
3: Mm-mm. Oh, or the Walking
1: Dead. Or
3: or Walking Dead.
1: Uh, Slither, definite Halloween watch. Oh, okay. It's because right. it's it is it it's, it is a good horror movie, but it's also really funny. Oh, I mean, okay. it's James Gunn. I don't think it's. Oh, I didn't know
2: it's it's so not it, Kidapurl.
1: It, oh, you yeah, no no, 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 yeah. no, know.
2: Um,
1: but, it, yeah, it's so fun. I love it. I oh, watch it good. every year. Okay. Um, All right.
2: Anything else? No, I think uh, that was the last thing I just really want to bring up. Well, yeah, no, and, that's a great point. Uh, yeah. Tie into the comic books a little bit more. Um, but, yeah, I think um, this was a fun show. Yeah, we this is great. Uh, about an hour and a half, which is... Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Um, yeah, thanks for anybody that's still there. We have about four viewers left, but we did get around seven or eight. So,
1: thank you. Um, um, any Anything, sign off, anything you guys want to plug, promote? Where can we find you on the internets?
2: Uh, you can find me at Echo Spider pretty much in all social media platforms. Um, yeah, just uh, every Monday we do a pull list of what's on your pull list on Facebook and and Twitter. Uh, so, if you want to let us know what's on your pull list for the week, uh, anything you're excited about, uh, we'll try to also, throughout the week, we'll uh, just send some recommendations for the the main Avengers roster mm. uh, some good reads of what we recommend uh, so stay stay tuned for that
0: you?
3: Uh I uh, I am cool because I have two Twitter accounts uh, my personal one is at Cosmosis it's Osmosis with a C uh, that's my personal one and then my other one is more for my academic stuff which uh, deals with Surrealism so that is at Surreal Bureau uh, you can find me
1: on the Twitters at Clay underscore Harrison that's pretty much where I function out of uh, other than that, thanks for tuning in. We will see you guys next episode. See you later. bye
2: Thanks.